heard the name Ebels, but now you need to remember My Delta 8. From the same people who brought you Ebels, My Delta 8 is Delta 8 THC, offering a semi-sedative physical sensation without the overwhelming mental simulation of Delta 9 THC, resulting in a smoother, much milder experience. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 offer both best quality product and customer service in the industry. From helping manage chronic pain, anxiety, depression, and more, the reviews are in, folks. Both Ebels and My Delta 8 are truly game changers as a natural alternative to big pharma drugs. And hey, yours truly here at the Brian Nichols Show can vouch for the quality of Ebels and My Delta 8 having to deal with a herniated disc in my back, plus years of sports injuries. Ebels and My Delta 8 offer relief where generic medicines simply mask the pain. And did you know you can get Ebels and My Delta 8 delivered right to your door at a special discounted price? That's right. All members of the Brian Nichols Show audience can use promo code TBNS at checkout and boom, discount applied. Again, that's code TBNS at checkout to get the highest quality CBD and Delta 8 THC on the market delivered right to your door. One more time, the code is TBNS at checkout. Victor Antonio, welcome to the program. Selling is all about, really, It's we're not selling a product, you're not selling a service, you're not selling value, you're not selling whatever you think you're selling, a solution. You're selling change. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. As a sales and marketing executive in the greater telecommunications cybersecurity industry, Brian works with C-level executives to help them future-proof their company's infrastructure for an uncertain future. And in each episode, Brian takes that experience and applies it to the liberty movement. And this is why we talk about being the trusted advisor. You should be able to help use that expert guidance and all the opinions that I'm sure that you have and help lead them towards not just a decision, but the right decision. Instead of focusing on simply winning arguments or being right, we're teaching the basic fundamentals of sales and their application in the world of politics, showing you how to ask better questions, tell better stories, and ultimately change people's minds. And now, your host, Brian Nichols. Well, happy Friday there, folks. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. And as always, we are in store for another fun-filled episode. I am, as always, your humble host. And today, we have a returning guest from the uh, Fairness Center. We have the one, the only, Nathan McGrath. Welcome back to The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you so much, Brian. It's great to be back here with you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for uh, for joining us back here on The Brian Nichols Show because you have been fighting the good fight over at the Fairness Center, specifically helping uh, raise up all of those public sector employees who are trying to fight back against those union bosses, but they just seemingly get stuck in legal loopholes or just unions being unions and not listening to their members. Surprise, surprise. But before we get there, Nathan, we have been growing leaps and bounds here at the Brian Nichols Show since you were last here on the program. So lots of new folks who aren't familiar with the Fairness Center. So how about this? Let's reintroduce yourself and the Fairness Center to the audience. And uh, let's talk about some of the great things that you guys have been doing over there. Yeah, that sounds great. So the Fairness Center, we're a public interest uh, law firm actually based in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, but we operate in Pennsylvania, New York, and Connecticut right now. We're representing clients there. And the great thing that we get to do is represent uh, employees, public sector employees who have uh, been abused or uh, have had their rights trampled by public sector union officials. And often our clients are ones who they have a great uh, principled matter, right? A constitutional violation, First Amendment violation, something like that. But the amount at issue isn't a ton, maybe four, five, six hundred dollars. 
And it would not make any sense for them to go and hire a private sector attorney and to litigate, you know, 50,000, 100,000 upwards uh, federal lawsuit. So we get the pleasure of stepping in for them, offering them high level representation and taking their case as far as it needs to go and saying, you know what, you have a great principle, you're taking a tough stand and we're gonna be your attorneys that help get you there. And guess what? We do it for free. You don't have to pay a dime to us. The doing it for free part, I think is one of the parts right there that overcomes one of the major objections that people have whenever they're looking for legal help. And that is, it costs so much. I mean, you pick up a phone, you talk to a lawyer for 14 minutes and you get a bill for $6,000 a week later, uh, your average person's a little weary. So it is great to know that we do have a resource here that is free and it is for those public sector employees who maybe don't have, in some cases, the the resources available to be able to fight back because a lot of the resources are supposed to be going towards these unions, but rather in this case, it's in many cases, they're fighting against the union. So um, I wanted to, to focus on one of the, in, you've been on the show before, we talked about this uh, this this case here, the, the Janus case. We've talked about this many a time, and this case has been unfolding, and now we're going forward to, it, it's uh, the, the Ladley conversation, which I, I wanted you to go ahead and tell this story, because uh, your, your awesome rep there, John, uh, emailed me the overview of what's happening right now and what you guys are doing for, for Mr. Ladley. So let's dig in to this case and uh, where the Fairness Center is helping shine some light on uh, another union just being another corrupt union. Yeah, so interestingly, fun fact to open with this, the Ladley case, our clients, uh, Jane Ladley and Christopher Meyer, this was actually the first lawsuit that the Fairness Center filed for clients back in 2014. So what, we're here in 2022, right? And uh, the uh, I always tell clients the wheels of justice usually turn slowly. In this case, they're turning very slowly, but our clients uh, are making progress, which is the exciting part. So just to kind of set the stage for you here, uh, in Pennsylvania, before the Janus case, which just uh, in case people don't know, the Janus case was a Supreme Court case that came down in 2018. And bottom line of it, it just says that people who aren't members of the union can't be forced to pay the union anything as a condition of their employment. So that was the Janus case. But before Janus, people who were not members of unions but were stuck in a bargaining unit represented by a union could be forced to pay uh, what's called fair share fees as a condition of their employment to the union. So in uh, the union, some you know used it for all sorts of stuff, uh, sometimes for collective bargaining, but then you know sometimes it went for other things as well. But what the court held in Janus was that even collective bargaining is political. And so if you think about it, if people are being forced to pay money by a state actor for things that are political in nature, they're just inherently political, well, that is forced political speech. And so the Supreme Court wanted to take care of that. And, and that's what they did in the Janus decision. But before Janus, we had people who were not members of unions and they could still be forced to pay fees to these unions. And they were called fair share fee payers. But some fair share fee payers didn't just object to paying a union because they just didn't wanna pay a union and they're being forced to. They objected on religious grounds because they found out that unions were funding, you know, things that were ideologically opposed to their, their true uh, closely held religious beliefs. So 
in Pennsylvania, the law made an exception for those people. It said, okay, if you truly are a religious objector, what we'll do is we'll allow you to not have to pay your fair share fee to the union, but you and the union have to figure out a charity for your uh, fair share fee equivalent to be sent to. And, uh, but it didn't say what happened if the union and the religious objector disagreed on what charity it should go to. Well, I'm sure you can imagine this happens, right? And so we had, uh, so that's the, the backdrop of, of what our client's case started out as. So we have Jane Ladley, who was um, a public school teacher, and she paid about $435 a year in uh, fair share fees. And, and she actually registered her religious objection with the union and said, I'm just, you know, morally opposed to these things. It's against my religious beliefs. And, and they said, okay, we accept that. Um, what charity do you want to send it to? And so she tried two of them, actually. Um, the, the first one was the coalition for um advocacy or advice ah i forget something of freedom and uh the the union came back and said no that's too political and we think it may be a little bit religious and she said uh okay let me try again so she then said what about the constitutional organization of liberty and they said no no that's too partisan we we won't accept that one either but, you know, we do have this handy list for you if you want to take a look at what we would recommend. Well, uh, she took a look at the list and said, no, actually, a lot of these organizations, they, they violate my religious beliefs as well. And so it kind of came to a, a stalemate there. And uh, meanwhile, our, our other client in this case, Christopher Myers, he was going through the same process where he registered um, his, you know, his request to be considered a religious objector with the union and the union said, okay, we accept that. Where do you want to send your money to? And he said, well, I want to send it to national right to work. Um, and as you might imagine, this kind of bristled the union and they said, oh no, no, you can't send it there because we're in conflict with them and they sue us all the time. So that's not a good charitable organization to send it to. So what we had is we had both of our clients who were religious objectors and they said where they wanted to send their money to, to legitimate charities. And the union said, no, we, we will not allow you to send it there. So their problem now is under the law, there was no tiebreaker. There was no way to figure out where should this money go? And the union was holding their money and they, they were holding it in a, in an escrow account. And uh, our clients obviously didn't know what to do because that they were just at a stalemate. And then that's when they came to us. And what we did was file a lawsuit for them and we challenged this portion of the fair share fee law saying that it was unconstitutional on its face and as applied because our clients don't have proper due process on this and this is a violation of their constitutional rights. And uh, so that's kind of the backdrop and that's what our client's case was about and, and that's how we got started on this. Wow, it's a lot to unpack there, Nathan. Um, but this is all the stuff that, like, this is where we need to be having this conversation right now because this is what's happening behind the scenes. And, and so many of your average people have no idea that this is what's taking place. And let's, let's be frank, there's probably a lot of people who are public sector employees who are like, that can happen yeah. to me? What? Right. 
And that's shocking, I'm, I'm sure, to half of the audience who maybe who weren't aware of that. So let's kind of, I mean, start off here because you mentioned Ms. Mrs. Lanley and what she was able to do in leveraging the uh, the Fairness Center services. But for your average person, I'm sure it's overwhelming. It's tough for them to to maybe know what is the best way to start this off. I mean, goodness, you, you probably would want to even uh, you know go to a Google search and be overwhelmed with how many millions of searches that don't even have anything to do with what you're actually trying to do. In this case, stand against a union? What? So uh, what would you recommend, I guess, Nathan, is we're looking, and you can tell the story here of, uh, of Ms. Ms. Landley in terms of how she reached out to you guys and what were you able to do to help uh, actually get her to have a, a little bit of footing against this union? Yeah, well, I mean, that that's the sad part, right? Our clients who make it to us, they do receive the representation they deserve. And like I said before, for free. But I think there are so many other public employees out there who, you know, they they just in their gut, they think something's wrong or the union doesn't represent them well or union officials are taking advantage of them and they don't know where to turn. And, and they just say, you know, I think this is wrong. And the union just goes, nope. We're just going to keep doing it, and there's they have no help because and because it takes thousands of dollars to challenge the union in court. A lot of times they don't even know that their rights have been violated, and so they wouldn't even think of going to court even if they had the money to do it. And so I think that's why it's so important for you know we try to get the word out uh, the best we can, and really it's a lot of times our clients who are out there advocating for us because they received good service. And so then they go and tell their friends or their bargaining unit, you know, hey, I got help at the Fairness Center. Why don't you contact them? Or, you know, we have a lot of friends who just know about us, like your your listeners here to the show, they hear about us and what we're doing. They are friends with, say, a public school teacher, a municipal worker, and and they start hearing a story about oh yeah, my union did this, or I think a grievance should should have been filed, but it wasn't, then they can say, hey, there's a law firm that does that. You know, they rep- they would represent you for free. Why don't you give them a call? And uh, that's kind of how the, the good word gets spread on those cases. Nathan, I'm curious, because I think the last time we had you in the show, we were kind of right at the beginning slash like we were learning COVID. We were fig- we were trying to figure out how to get used to this kind of new normal. Oh, I hate myself for even saying that. Um, but I'm curious because you mentioned public school teachers. Did you see a lot more re- of, of teachers reaching out to you over the past few years in response to what we've seen with the unions and in many cases shutting down schools? I'm thinking specifically I moved from Philadelphia. There was... I think a week or two where the the union was fighting the school district in saying, yeah, we're not sending our teachers in. And there were some teachers who wanted to still show up, but they weren't allowed to. And I'm sure if there was a situation where they could have reached out and they would have had a resource like the fairness center, they could have at least tried to fight back. So I'm just, my, my mind started to wander a little bit there. Have you guys seen an uptick in cases specifically with teachers in response to the COVID-19 pandemic? I think we've seen a lot of teachers start to realize maybe the union isn't so much on my side or maybe, you know, they represent some of the teachers, but they don't represent all the teachers because they don't really take my um, concerns and considerations, um, you know, into account. And and we have seen a number of public school teachers come to us. And uh, one thing that we've seen uh, a number of cases with uh, the Pennsylvania State Education Association here in Pennsylvania is the state affiliate 
affiliate of the NEA, the National Education Association. And what they and their affiliates have been doing is even after Janus, they've been negotiating into collective bargaining agreements, the illegal fair share fee language, which they know they can't collect on, but they've been putting it into contracts anyway after Janus. And we have at least 20 examples of this. And so we've been seeing teachers who uh, have been try have been looking at that and saying like, wait a second, I, I didn't think they could do that. And so they would come to us or they would try to resign. And what the unions have done has been kind of smart. They've let them out and they haven't tried to collect it through the employer, but then they'll send these nasty collection letters to the, them and say, hey, you need to pay us right now or we're going to take additional action against you. We had one client who, by the time he got the letter, they had demanded that he had paid the, the full amount for the entire school year, you know, seven some hundred dollars, three days before he ever got the letter. So, I mean, these, this puts these teachers into crisis mode, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get sent to collections. What's going to happen to me? Those types of things. And we've had a number of them come to us and we've been able to um, help them out and take care of their cases uh, pretty quickly in that. So that's been one of the kind of the fallouts where a lot of people have been resigning, but unions have been doing some new things to try to collect their money anyway. And actually there's a independent teacher association here in Pennsylvania called KEDA. And I was just talking uh, with their president uh, the other day, and she was telling me that they've almost had their membership double during COVID because so many teachers are saying, I want out, I want to be done with this. Wow. And then they go to this independent teacher organization that gives better insurance, better access to attorneys, all these things. But you know what your dues there don't go to politics. They don't go to anything other than representing you. And I think that's one of the things that we've really seen where teachers have started to become pretty independent and say, you know what, I'm done with this. They're not sticking by me. I'm going to find a different option. It, I mean, we're, we're getting to the point now where a lot of these issues, and I'm just thinking back to the episode I did on Monday with uh, my, my marketing consigliere, Chris Goizetta, and he, he's really into the NFTs and, and you know, these, these uh, blockchain contracts. And I think we're going to get to a point where your average, you know, contractual agreement for employment, it's going to be that, that you know, one-to-one -one where you, you have, like, no real chance to hide. So if you are a corrupt union, you can't, you can't really be sleazy and, and, you know, try to hide language to, to overtly put in language in your contracts to take out money that you're not supposed to just because, well, what are they going to do? And I think that right there, maybe is the mentality that we we don't really focus on a lot is a lot of these unions are are big bullies like they have bullied you know in, in the political arena they bully a lot of their members who don't toe the line and i think your average person is really starting to wake up to that and i i think it's a little too late in some instances especially in a lot of those really really blue cities and we saw that uh, we're seeing it still in, in many cases uh, i think chicago is still shut down in some areas new york is still um having some schools that that are intermittently being shut down so you're seeing it still carry through so i guess when we're moving forward here nathan because it's hard to imagine that we are already at this point two years into a covid pandemic and i think we are on the upswing and a lot of the issues that were were brought to light during COVID, you know, really have got more and more people aware. As you were talking about, you know, 
noticing these things that they would never have noticed before. Where do you see the conversation going? And and where do you see maybe the main issues that teachers or not just necessarily teachers, but we'll say public sector employees by and large should be focusing on? Because for a lot of the people listening to the show today, I'm, I'm sure they're like, wow, I don't even know where to start looking. What should I be looking for that raises alarms, that raises red flags, that I should maybe reach out to someone like the Fairness Center to start getting some, uh, some of these questions answered? Yeah, so let me give you a couple examples of what we're really seeing now. So like I said, COVID, I think, has really uh, pulled back the curtain a little bit and people are starting to see um, what certain union officials uh, are capable of and what they want to do. And so what I think you're starting to see is a rise in people trying to break free and to find some independence, to have the ability to make some decisions on their own. And uh, we have a whole kind of slew of cases now that have to do not with you know the the basics of helping people to get out or to stop their money from being deducted past when it should be which you know shocking but maybe not shocking and uh it's now starting to turn towards uh retaliation by unions for exercising their rights because i think unions are starting sometimes getting a little bit shaken about oh man people are starting to realize their rights and they're starting to make some noise and so One example, we have a client in New York City and he tried to resign and stop dues payment and they never recognized his resignation there. But in addition, he actually started working to uh, get rid of their current union, which is the largest union in New York City, because he said, you know, people should have a choice who represents them. And maybe we want a different union. Maybe we want to represent ourselves, but you know what, this union, definitely isn't doing it for us. So let's try to get them decertified and knocked out, which is his right to do, honestly, under the law. And when he did that, he had a union official give like a seven minute rant with expletives and saying how terrible this guy was and how he's going to get taken care of, those types of things. And he even posted a picture of our client who's African-American shaking the hand of a Ku Klux Klan member, you know, and like wild stuff like this. And so he came to us and said, man, what's going on? I'm just trying to exercise my rights. So what we ended up doing, we ended up filing a federal case for him on the membership and the dues deductions case. But then we actually looked at his activity where the union was really trying to beat him back on, which was you know, getting rid of them to get replaced by a union that will listen to the concerns of the employee. And, and the, the you know basically the employees would get to choose who represents them. And uh, we looked at that and said, you know, that's wrong too. And so we filed a board charge for him in New York City. And, uh, you know, I just think the egregious things that these people go through just to exercise their rights. Well, here we go. Here, How about this, folks? It's, it's free to reach out to the Fairness Center. So if something feels wrong and you're like, you know what? Maybe I just need to go ahead and get another set of eyes on this. It doesn't hurt to reach out. So, I mean, I feel kind of like, you know, the the early 2000s, like if you see something, say something, right? For, with the anti-terrorism approach. <laughs> I mean, it is, yeah. but, but hey, you know what? If something feels wrong and you, you're like, that doesn't, that doesn't seem right. If it doesn't even, it need to be wrong, if it doesn't seem right then just ask the question. It doesn't hurt to, to ask the question, especially if this is where your money's going. And I think people are starting to realize more and more, especially as we're watching what's happening here over the past two years, that 
you got got to focus out for yourself. If you're not paying attention to, you know, your your own self, how quickly things can change and just be ripped away. So uh, uh, with that being said, you know, we want to make sure we have a positive call to action, Nathan. I don't want people to be all downtrodden and depressed. So let's let's go ahead and aim towards some positives here. Let's go ahead and focus on the future. So obviously the, the, uh, the Fairness Center, you guys are helping people left and right, and I cannot thank you enough. Uh, what exciting things do you have in store here over the next five years, let's say? Uh, do you see growth plans for the, the uh, center? Or am I putting the cart way before the horse, number one? And number two, where can folks, if they want to continue the conversation, go ahead and support the Fanart Center, but also go ahead and follow you? Yeah, I mean, I think our our uh, mission allows us to expand to where people need us. And so we're in Pennsylvania, New York, and Connecticut right now. I think we'd be open to some other places once we see the right opportunities present themselves there. Uh, you know, people need our help. People need legal representation. You know, they always say the courts are supposed to be accessible to the people. A lot of times it's they're not. They're just frankly not because the amount of money it takes to do the type of cases we do, which is complex, high level litigation. You know, the attorneys we go against with the unions, they they charge like anywhere from five hundred to a thousand dollars an hour. I've seen their billing records. And so for the normal person to get someone of the equal quality and caliber to go against them, they can't do it. And so I think the need for our firm is greater than ever. And I think we want to go to where the people need us. And so I think um, that is definitely on the radar. Uh, they, you know, your listeners can check out our website as fairnesscenter.org. We have, you know, case videos and stories and case pages with documents, news articles. Uh, in fact, in one of our cases from New York City, it's called the Goldstein case. Uh, he was our lead prey plaintiff, uh, Avraham Goldstein, was actually just featured in a Wall Street Journal op-ed telling his story about trying to get away from the union and, and you know, what's what's gone on there. Uh, so, I mean, our website's just, uh, there's so much great information there and you can get educated about us and what we're doing. And, you know, like you were saying, if you, if you just feel something's off or you just want, you know, someone to take a look at your situation, feel free to call us, get in touch with us, and, and we'd love to talk that through with you. And boy, oh boy, have things really been growing, because let's see, I think I had David Osborne on the show for, it was, he was my first guy from the Fairness Center, right, way back in 2018, that was back with Connor, when he got, uh, when he was uh, with you guys, so let's see, since then, you have grown I think you tripled in size, technically, because I think it started out as just one state. So, uh, hey, if we're on the right track in the next four years, you guys will at least be in, we'll say, six states or so. But, again, I might be putting the cart before the horse. We'll see. And I'm sure, Nathan, we'll continue this conversation as we uh, we have been here on the show because you're always bringing a lot of valuable insights, specifically as we're talking about, yes, a very real issue a lot of public sector employees are facing. So, with that being said, folks, I will make it as easy as possible for you to go ahead and learn more about the Fairness Center. All you have to do, go to your podcast podcast catcher click the artwork there it'll bring you right to briannicholshow.com where you'll find today's episode all the links included as well as the entire transcript for today's episode as well as all ballpark 240 other i'm sorry no 440 i almost gave myself less than 200 extra episodes yes 440 episodes my brain uh is exploding at this point so many episodes but hey it's for you guys because you're getting the value and uh, with great conversations like nathan i i dare say we're going to keep it up so with that being said nathan mcgrath the fairness center thank you for joining us on today's episode of the brian nichols show thank you brian thanks for listening to the brian nichols show Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe. 
Want to help us reach more people? Give the show a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. Find us at briannicholsshow.com and download the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow me on social media at bnicholsliberty and consider donating to the show at briannicholsshow.com forward slash support. The Brian Nichols Show is supported by viewers like you. Thank you to our patrons, Daryl Schmitz, Laura Stanley, Michael Lima, Mitchell Mankiewicz, Cody Johns, Craig DaCosta, and the We Are Libertarians Network. Audio production for The Brian Nichols Show is brought to you by DB Podcast Audio. Learn more by emailing inquiries to william at dbpodaudio.com.